0: Hey there, my name is Paul, and this is Out of Neutral, a weekly vlog where we look to the Bible to get in gear and follow Jesus into the life he came to make possible. Today I want to talk about the verses that refute predestination. Have you ever heard Christians talking about predestination and wanted to object they were only telling half the story? Ever read that God chooses to save some people and not others, and wanted to point the person to some verses they hadn't considered? Do you find that people's explanation of election doesn't do justice to how you understand God's working in the Bible? Let's consider some of those verses together. The first kind are the verses that offer salvation to everyone. John 3.16 seems to refute the idea that God chooses to save some people and not others. Because it says, God so loved the world, not God so loved certain people in the world. And it clearly says that whoever believes in him receives eternal life. Also in Acts 2:21, it declares that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The problem with using these verses to refute the idea of God's election is that they only affirm what almost all Christians agree. Everyone believes that God's love for the world was demonstrated at the cross. And those who trust in Jesus receive eternal life. But people who believe that God chooses to save some people and not others say that only those whom he has chosen end up believing in Jesus. Because without God's prior working in people's hearts, they would never turn to him. That's why, John, that's why Jesus says in John 6:44 that no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. The second kind, of, uh, second kind are the verses that say that God wants everyone to be saved. The idea that God has chosen certain people before the foundation of the world and predestined them as his children seems to be contradicted by other verses that clearly say that God wants all people to be saved. In 1 Timothy 2.4, for instance, it says that God desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Or in 2 Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord is not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. What people sometimes miss is that these verses aren't saying that God desires and will ensure that all people will be saved. The rest of the Bible is clear that that's just not true. All Christians agree that God doesn't like it that people reject him and turn to sin and destruction. But the reality is that many do. The only difference is between Christians is how they think people come to believe. Is it just because those people who do are more humble and spiritually sensitive? Or is it because God has chosen them and drawn them to himself? Neither of these verses answers that question. The final kind are the verses that say that Jesus died for all people. There are verses in the Bible that say that Jesus died for all people, not just the elect or the chosen. For example, 1 John 2:2 says that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And similarly, 2 Corinthians 5.14 says that Jesus has died for all. While these are great statements of the amazing grace of Jesus' sacrifice, Everybody agrees that these verses aren't saying that Jesus' death on the cross has resulted in the forgiveness of every person in the world. People must still personally repent and believe in Jesus to be forgiven, and other verses teach that it is God who enables people to repent and gives grace for them to believe. When people say that God uniquely set His love upon those whom He chose to save, they're not saying that God doesn't love the whole world. Or that Jesus' death on the cross isn't big enough to redeem even an infinite number of sinners. All Christians agree on those truths. What they're saying is that humanity was too addicted to sin to turn to Jesus for salvation. So he chose to redeem a people, drew them to himself, enabled them to repent, and gave them grace to believe. When he does that, it's not about him dragging people into the fold, but instead setting captives free. That's a bigger vision of God's grace than people often see, but it's a vision that fills us with wonder, amazement, and gratefulness. Let God's grace fuel your devotion to Him today. That's all for this time. If today's video has helped you get out of neutral, share it with your friends, and subscribe to join us on the journey.